Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have a 38-point night shift from Giannis to cover. Uh, Of course, that's bearing the lead a little bit as uh, surrounding that late-night game, including a uh, Friday night 38-point performance from Giannis, the Bucks had... uh, A couple disappointing losses, to say the least, against the Cleveland Cavaliers and, even worse, an embarrassing outing against the Nuggets last night. Uh, This is, as of recording, on January 31st at around 6.30. Uh, It's actually my first uh, day back in the office in my hybrid schedule, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, so... Uh, mildly out of sorts. Uh, I'm fine. Who am I kidding? But jam-packed day, of course, with uh, really whenever I end up recording on a on a Monday night. But um, yeah, it's tough when the Bucks are slated for a Sunday night game. My favorite time to record is a Sunday afternoon, and then. I considered Saturday instead, but of course the Bucks having played uh, more games than anyone in the East, it seems there's a lot more space in between Bucks action, which many of you may have noticed. And that comes into play again this week. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's a little, <laughs> a little bit behind the curtain there, but. Uh, yeah, much more to get to. I'll get into um, the first game of the week since recording. That was the loss to the Cavaliers where uh, the Cavs displayed their uh, top-tier uh, defense holding the big three under 100 points, 99-115 uh, to Cavaliers final. Uh, the Bucks had uh, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bobby Portis as their starters. You'll notice Grayson Allen's missing from the usual bunch. He was serving his one-game uh, suspension, which I believe was breaking news during our last episode. I might have had some takes that maybe did not age the best, but that would probably be coming from less of a Bucks fan's point of view, I probably share uh, naturally similar uh, outlooks compared to other Milwaukee folks. And uh, however, the Cavs starters in this game were Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, Evan Mobley, and Jarrett Allen. Um, Bucks got out to a hot start in this one at the five minute fifteen second mark of the first quarter. The Bucks were out shooting the Cavs from beyond the three-point arc uh, in uh, six attempts from each squad. The Bucks hit five to the Cavs' uh, two threes. And Darius Garland also was visibly shaken up after a collision with Drew Holiday on a drive. It's a shame. I'm forgetting the particular announcer who was stressing this, but I believe it was a former player because he was uh he was very much sold from the jump or rather from garland's landing and his reaction um from which that uh garland was dealing with back spasms which for my uh very much not a medical opinion at all checks out because back spasms compared to um you know the injuries we we usually hear of um don't doesn't sound the most uh extreme but 
I sure as hell wouldn't want that. And Garland would return later on, but um, that hot start from the Bucks uh, would not hold for too long in this contest as the Cavs went on a 8-0 run from the 11.5 to 10-minute mark early in the second quarter, and the uh, Cavs took the lead uh, shortly after from the Bucks as Garland found Mobley in the paint for a jam, and Mobley also later on in the second quarter put Giannis on a poster from another uh, Garland dime. So, yeah, this is clearly the tandem that everyone in Cleveland seems to be raving about, and uh, people would also probably be barking at me in that statement that I'm forgetting about Jared Allen as well, who is an all-star uh, candidate in his own right. But the Cavs had a 57-65 to lead at halftime. Bobby Portis with 16 points and four rebounds to Shetty Os- Osmond's uh, 18 points, two rebounds, and two assists uh, at half. The Cavs bench was a huge factor in this one. I shouldn't say uncharacteristically because with the uh, amount of overachievement from this team this year, uh, you'd have to, you know, you you kind of you probably have to bake in a little bit of a, I don't know, above expectation performance from other members uh, of the squad compared to years past. Any event, Giannis, uh, one of the uh, fewer highlights for the Bucks compared to other games was a transition dunk uh, uh, to Giannis from Pat Connaughton. Fortunately, the Cavs would go on another um, run, this time 11-0 after uh, taking that lead from the Bucks in the second quarter. Um, the Bucks would, uh, would combat uh, Darius Garland going back to the bench, again bothered by uh, back spasms with a 2-3 zone. Once the Cavs zone buster in the young guard Garland uh, left, but uh, unfortunately the uh, 6th and 7th men of the year, Shady Osman and uh, Kevin Love, would, would both get to a 20-point total by the end of the third quarter. Shetty Osman did so with uh, at least three minutes remaining in the third quarter on only 11 shots. Uh, Giannis would also get to the lane, excuse me, get to the free throw line uh, twice in short order late in the third quarter, but there's a, a bit of controversy from the broadcast on that. Maybe on only one of those kind of similar, I don't know, sort of reminded me of of the of the defense that Anyeka Kongwu played against Giannis recently. A younger, big, strong, athletic guy this time in Lamar Stevens really contesting Giannis uh, incredibly well and uh, getting as close as, as uh, possibly expected to doing so cleanly. I think one of the times where... Stevens nearly got a block on on Giannis and the rest of the Cavs were dumbfounded. There was actually a uh, a ton of contact, but on another, maybe uh, not so much. Maybe Giannis uh, got away with a soft whistle there, but didn't matter a ton as the uh, Cavs still led by 18 going into the fourth, 77 to 95. Giannis with 20 points, five rebounds, and three assists to uh, Kevin Love's 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. Giannis would get another dunk in transition, but lose lose the ball on a drive uh, afterwards, uh, thanks to some more stellar defense from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, the Cavs would, early in the fourth quarter, crack the 100-point threshold, which the Bucks would uh, fail to meet in this game. Um, that came after in Cypher Sore Eyes, a, uh, a Kevin Love sidestep three uh, over Drew Holiday. And then we saw another defensive adjustment here 
this time in Giannis actually guarding Kevin Love, who was on fire, and uh, in turn, Drew Holiday ended up checking Jarrett Allen, which is a big luxury in having Drew Holiday is uh, somehow trusting your point guard, point guard against the other teams, against the other team's center. But unfortunately, that would that defensive adjustment would lead to a Rajon Rondo three of all things. Uh, we'd see a tough finish from Dante, whose birthday it actually is uh, today, uh, January uh, 31st. So happy birthday, Dante. Unfortunately, I don't have an all-Dante segment at the moment, but nor do I know off the top of my head how old Dante is, but I feel like he's remark. I feel like there's a pretty good chance that he and I are the same age. Well, I don't know. I'm getting kind of up there now. So he might be, well, context here. It was actually my birthday last Thursday. So that's why um, Dante's birthday is standing out to me. I might I might just be uh, exactly 369 days older than Dante. But yeah, unfortunately, the birthday boy's uh, impressive layup there uh, didn't do much as it was still a uh, an 18-point deficit before Mike Budenholzer would wouldn't call a timeout, uh, wave the white flag, and take Giannis out of the game, and in his place uh, bring in his older brother, uh, the nasty, and the Bucks lost 99 to 115. Giannis with 26, 9, and 3 to Kevin Love's uh, 25, 9, and 2. Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest takeaways from this game, I mean, there's the obvious in that the Cavs' defense is amazing as they've been all year, and, you know, us who focus mainly on individual teams that aren't the Cavs are probably some of the last to notice, but... uh, and I like to think I keep myself pretty plugged in to all the happenings around the league. So wasn't the craziest thing. I The more surprising part was actually just uh, just Kevin Love and Shetty Osmond just uh, catching fire from the three-point arc. Uh, lately, there's been some uh, scuttlebutt around Kevin Love potentially being a six-man of the year candidate. Which, I mean, I can't say I'm for or against. Hopefully, he's not being too helped by just the name recognition component. But I know a name others brought up was Tyler Harrow, who I would pretty easily say is having a better year, but someone referred to him as... Someone on the Athletic NBA show referred to Tyler Harrow as a fake starter, but I don't really know how to feel about that. I don't, I don't know if, six, if the Six Man of the Year award is is all important enough to uh, to start making up uh, new criteria every year. I mean, so yeah, I think we can we can just leave it at that. However. In between some of this game action here, I think I'll share some other side notes. And that is, of course, Giannis being named an all-star starter for what I believe is the sixth year in a row. I believe he's been a starter in every year that he's been an all-star. And I think he's also been a captain at least twice. Twice seems about right to me, but I think this is also the second year in a row in which Giannis wasn't uh, named an all-star captain because of Kevin Durant, which is fair. Kevin Durant's uh, pretty good at his job as well, but uh, some other all-star starters, which you probably have heard of, there's only one big surprise out of this bunch, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, belabor that point either. Cause everyone's probably heard enough about it. 
either way, starting in the East, the Eastern Conference starters were Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and Trey Young. And then in the West, the All-Star starters were LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, who was the somewhat of a surprise. And in the uh, backcourt for the uh, Western Conference All-Star starters, we have Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. Um, so yeah, uh, the thing that, that isn't like the others is uh, is Andrew Wiggins, of course. I'm a bit torn on it. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the reactions I'm hearing are, are on Twitter and... You know, if I can give myself a New Year's resolution 31 days into the calendar year, I'd have to say that, you know, one of those things could be not taking um, opinions or tomfoolery from from Twitter and uh, bringing it here as uh, something serious is probably isn't a good idea, but um yeah, of course, the night of there was it felt like the majority of of uh, of the reaction to Andrew Wiggins being a starter was just uh, clowning him more so. But um, I mean, another thing is that people, myself included, probably shouldn't take the All Star Game all that serious. Uh, Unfortunately, it's. I feel like that would be kind of a, kind of a big change up, change up for things, uh, you know. And also, a lot of it is it would probably be difficult to change, you know, the subconscious, uh, you know, importance of the All Star Game when talking about these guys' legacy. So, but. I think we can we can all accept the fact that that a lot of things went right for Andrew Wiggins to to be uh, an All Star starter uh, above other guys. Of course, there are injuries to uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. Um, of course, Draymond Green. You know, Wiggins getting the All Star nod. When he's he's only the third best warrior this year is of course confusing, but it's it's funny. People probably would have been would have been happier. Well, I don't know. They they probably they probably would not be uh, half the backlash if he was just named an All Star reserve. That's probably a lot more fitting, but. I don't know. I, I don't imagine they. I don't imagine they would change the selection process all that much, um, from their from their original decision. Had they had they actually gone with an injured guy, uh, so. Um, yeah, we can still be happy for be happy for Andrew Wiggins and not uh, belittle his accomplishment. Um, but I should also say Rudy Gobert is another guy and yeah, probably the most, um, slander due here is to the people who are getting, uh, incredibly upset about Andrew Wiggins being named, uh, above other guys. And of course, every single one of the people that they name is a guard in the Western Conference. So um, I'm all for changing, you know, just not necessarily having um, having to make uh, to choose guys based off of position um, as part of, uh, you know. Maybe being able to recognize that the All-Star game um, 
isn't a real game and you know i don't think it would have hurt to have um chris paul or devin booker along with two other guards and then just have uh Jokic and lebron next to all of them but i mean that's just that's just the way it is and we'll see i don't think this is nearly as extreme as the zaza patulia case it's um I don't, I don't think this necessarily will force the league's hand into making a wholesale change, but, you know, the league sees all of the reactions, so perhaps it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. Um, perhaps the last note on the All-Star starters is that I think it's been confirmed that Kevin Durant won't actually be able to play in the all-star game he'll still be drafting the team from my understanding um but again i don't i don't uh i don't really know if there's a difference in the selection process for an injury replacement to the um starting lineup or not um we don't even know for sure who the all-star reserves are so maybe that has to happen first um so again kind of like with the andrew wiggins case it's uh it might be hard to say um you know it's hard to say who the other starter will be if we don't know if they if they have to if they for sure have to pick another forward to replace them or if they can just pick uh any guy they want um so yeah i feel like zach levine would be if they can pick anybody uh zach levine would be a good candidate for that although he is uh considered a guard to be sure other than that um i know there has oh jimmy butler would probably off the top of my head be the best option for uh for the all-star starter replacement the miami heat were were recently if not still are uh the number one seed in the eastern conference yeah as of recording they are uh i don't want to say where the bucks are quite yet uh no bucks are the fifth seed as of right now after losing uh two of three games since we last recorded However, they're only two games behind the Heat, so that's a important to keep in mind. I should pull up that Oh, of course there's the the Celtic guys who could be uh, voted in as starters. Of course the Celtics haven't gotten uh a ton of great press this year, but Trey Young was named a starter, which I believe he's fine. I think he's anointed himself as a superstar in this league, so we can give him the benefit of the doubt. So perhaps Tatum, or if they call uh, Jalen Brown uh, <coughs> a forward, he could be a candidate for a starter, but might be controversial but i'd give it to jimmy butler if it had to be a forward uh either way we're probably good on that there will be more news to come out uh with the all-star game i know um frank madden of locked on bucks tweeted out that um that it's almost too bad that the all-star game's only uh three weeks away because with the disheartening week that, that the Bucks have had, uh, not only uh, not only from the Cavs, but uh, the demolition at the hands of the Nuggets last night, it seems like the Bucks could really use uh, use that All Star break. But you know, hopefully they can clean up their act, knowing that uh, that that they still have uh, plenty of games ahead of them. So, yeah, to follow up that first cruddy game of the week, uh, 
I figured I would review some of the continuous Grace and Allen discussion out there. Like I said, I'd like to think that I'm pretty plugged into the rest of the league, but that also involves listening to way too many NBA NBA podcasts and falling a little behind. So um, most of the Grace and Allen reactions that I heard actually... Um, I actually heard them probably around the time of this Cavs game and after the time I last recorded. But I don't think my takes are really that awful. Um, my biggest takeaway besides like, ooh, I'd like to have that one back. And no, I didn't I didn't necessarily re-listen to what I had said on Grayson Allen, so apologies if if uh Yeah apologies if an apology is due but um i think what bucks fans want most which is reasonable is um for something like this to be uh the norm when when someone follows a guy um just like grace and allen did because um although it was Although it was wrong of Grayson Allen to, to, you know, foul Alex Caruso as hard as he did when Caruso was already airborne, I think he was trying to make a play on the ball. And, uh, yeah, there was, there was a play of Kelly Oubre grabbing grabbing some guy by the arm when he was much higher in the air that of i mean with all these like it's just um the outcome um comes into play a lot more than i think it would have in the past in these situations of course uh, we all know that they're that even though less people are saying it, a lot of the suspension has to do with Grayson Allen's, uh, you know, troubling history of being a, a quote-unquote dirty player. I'm not going to refute any of that because I'm not a Duke basketball fan. I mean, I I know I watched <laughs> at some point this season there was a like a five-minute compilation of of uh, Grayson Allen. Uh, dirty plays, but I also think that that we don't necessarily have to have to bring guys' trouble history from college uh, into the league because these guys are younger than I am, and I think. Everybody who's slandering Grayson Allen has done much, much stupider things, but comes with the territory. The guy gets to be a millionaire. Um, you know, we, we saw a play. Um, it might have even been the same night of LeBron uh, pushing a player in the back when he was midair. It happened in the Knicks game with uh, Nerlens Noel just swiped Giannis uh in the face, just missing the ball by a mile so badly that it makes you question um, what the hell the guy was doing. I don't know if, if Giannis was airborne or not, but I brought up the Chris Paul and and James Harden atrocious uh, pushes to Giannis when he was in the air. And, yeah. I don't know, sensitive subject to be sure, and it is awful that Alex Caruso is missing six, six to eight weeks. It will, it would always suck no matter what, um, but especially with how good the Bulls are doing this year and how they've already been hit with uh, a lot of availability issues, that doesn't make it any better, uh, but... You know, 
claiming that that guys should be suspended for for the same six to eight weeks that the guy is out for is uh, just asinine, and I nearly regret even humoring that su- suggestion. Perhaps that just gives you an idea of the range of opinions um, that people had, dumb or not. Um, I've talked a lot about the No Dunks crew and how much I admire them and, uh, you know, how captivating they can be as just like um, a group of buds, even if they're talking about nothing remotely about basketball and their charm is... Um, I think something brought up with them more than anyone else is their authenticity and uh, yeah that's something that I strive for and yeah I still a dream of mine to to be like those guys but um, Tass Mellis of the No Dunks crew suggested that Grayson Allen should have gotten a three-game suspension. And I don't I don't get that at all. I think um I I I, I don't understand it. I don't know. Um I don't need to categorize it, but um For example, Nikola Jokic um, got only, I think he only got a one-game suspension when he uh, retaliated against uh, Markeith Morris and pushed him in the back, and Markeith Morris hasn't played uh, in, in such a long time. I mean, maybe around Thanksgiving. I don't. I don't have a... I obviously don't watch every single Heat or Nuggets game. So, but, yeah, I mean, of course, I don't think that Grayson Allen intentionally went up and tried tried to hurt Alex Caruso, so I just think it's ridiculous that we would be trying to give... Uh, trying to give guys um, longer suspensions for doing things that are even more ridiculous, like starting to, like starting a fight. I don't think uh, Isaiah Stewart, who uh, embarrassed the league by, by going at LeBron James, uh, I don't know if he got, he got, um, a three-game suspension or not, but I know it wasn't any anything more than that, and that's Grayson Allen's foul wasn't anywhere near that ballpark at all. So uh, maybe that's enough too. I probably said a little too much, but um, it all kind of goes back to uh, the precedent that was set. Uh, Bucks probably also talked about this with the uh, Bulls and Heat. Uh, tampering uh charges but we've recognized on this show that that's totally different um but i and i think many other bucks fans feel that what grayson allen did really isn't you know out of this world compared to other dangerous plays that we we've seen and we've seen uh happen against our star player um, so, yeah, I'm also not going to kid myself. We all know that the league isn't going to start, you know, issuing one-game suspensions uh, on a weekly basis or more. So, it's one game. We can move on. Hopefully, it's not discussed in any other of the podcasts that I make myself listen to to try to be a better, a better host for this game, but... We'll see. Uh, anyhow, the sole win of the week uh, for the Bucks came 
uh, against the Knicks at Pfizer Forum. Um, it was a 123-108 to 108 victory, and Giannis uh, put up 38 points, 13 rebounds, and uh, 5 assists, 12 of 19 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3, and 12 of 16 uh, from the line. I know I've mentioned this at least once before, but I think this is the first time of the year this has happened for the Bucks, where uh, due to primetime television, the uh, game isn't starting until uh, 9 o'clock local time. So uh, I'll be honest, I don't have the same detailed notes as I normally would for this one because um, as my sole birthday celebration for the weekend... Uh, get into why that was maybe the only celebration in a bit, but, um, you know, I was, uh, I was messing around with some, with some bros, uh, and gone to, gone to a friend's house and we had ordered some, uh, ordered some, some barbecue, some soul food, maybe, if you will. I don't know if I'd go that far, but some tasty barbecue, played some Mario Party before the game, and, and uh, friends ensured me that, that if I came came and played Mario Party with them, that they would throw on the, the late night uh, Bucks game for them. And it worked out perfectly. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have... <laughs> too many notes uh to go along with this one and it probably makes it worse that this is our only that this is our only win of the year but uh a good one to be sure i believe that makes um we're definitely leading the season series against the knicks but i remember we gave up an enormous lead to them early on in the season which would not be super uncharacteristic of the Bucks at this point, maybe. But uh, I also do remember fondly a, a pleasant Sunday afternoon game against the Knicks where we were able to take it away as well, and it was a pretty competitive game, including contributions from the, from the younger uh, Knicks guys. But the Bucks had their usual starters back, including Grayson, uh, Drew, Chris, Giannis, and Bobby, and the Knicks starters were Kemba Walker, R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, and uh, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, interesting to see that uh, Kemba Walker is back in the starting lineup. There's a huge story this year when Kemba was just not only removed from the from the starting five, but from the rotation altogether. And uh, naturally, the holidays and uh, and uh, COVID-19 put a put a wrench in that and his duties were, were called again as a silver lining to all the madness from this winter. Um, so I don't know if Kemba's only starting for similar reasons or if he's uh or if he's maintained his starting spot or not. Um, I was looking at some uh, some totals to try to sum up the uh, excuse me, some totals to sum up the Bucks' uh, victory here. And I thought it was remarkable how close the Bucks and the Knicks were uh, in a lot of these categories, but the ones that stood out that uh, seemed to benefit the Bucks were um, uh, Milwaukee making 27 free throws to the Knicks' 16, Bucks having 11 steals to the next six, and the Bucks leading in fast breaks, fast break points as well, 19 to 10. Um, the biggest thing was Giannis, uh, in particular, really closing out the Knicks late. He was particularly clutch, um, adding to his 38 point total. Drew Holiday also with 24 points, five rebounds, and 10 assists. Uh, 8 of 15 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line. I think, yeah, I know 
Chris Middleton had about 20 points himself. Leading scorers for the Knicks were uh, Evan Fournier with 25 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 10-19 from the field, 5-2 uh, from 3, and 0-1 from the line. R.J. Barrett, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 6-20 from the field, 3-8 of eight from 3, and 8-10 of 10, uh, from the line. And... Yeah, uh, and I know what you all must be wondering uh, as I wrap up this uh, this short summary from this game, and no, I did not win Mario Party, unfortunately. I wasn't in last, but I did not take first uh, either. Um, however, for a smoother transition... Um, we do have the trade deadline coming up in just about two weeks, so I plan on doing a more in-depth uh, trade deadline analysis moving forward, but I saw a couple ideas pop up there, and I thought I would get ahead of it a little bit with some uh, crazy trades that I had seen, and no, this isn't; these aren't any blockbuster deals that are actually feasible for the Bucks. Uh, nor smart ideas that would bring us closer to winning a championship. Uh, in fact, it's the opposite. Um, for example, um, well, it, I at least proud of Buck's Twitter in recognizing the limited bucks uh trade assets however that might also correlate with the uh you know the bucks fans irrational inflated uh valuation of our own talent uh Namely, the two trades I wanted to bring up. One I saw was the Bucks um, acquiring Rashawn Holmes uh, from the Kings for uh, for Dante Rodney and a second round pick. And I guess I should also recognize that these deals also uh, take into consideration the Bucks uh, limited. Uh, draft assets at the moment but i just feel like these trades fail to recognize um the simple question you should ask yourself for proposing this is what would what would the other team say to this and of course the kings have uh hardly any use for uh, guards at this point, they're loaded in the backcourt. Um, the Kings would also be giving up uh, clearly the best player in this trade, so that also doesn't help this deal. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that Dante's trade value has also been diminished since the last time the Kings and the Bucks might have agreed to a trade. Um, you know, before we had won a championship the previous offseason uh, with, unfortunately, Dante uh, missing so much time and, uh, you know, us already, uh, us already, uh, not only trading for, but also signing his replacement to an extension. Um, and the other crazy unrealistic trade that I saw was essentially the same package here. I know a common uh, idea was also having Noara in place of Dante DiVincenzo. Maybe you can mix and match Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. Of course, um, you know, this 
armchair GM had the right idea of who who our expendable pieces are, but also unrealistic when thinking about it in a deal that would land us P.J. Washington from the Charlotte Hornets, whom I really like. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm not 100% on the ball either. I could potentially be overvaluing P.J. Washington uh, slightly, but probably not quite as much as uh, Buck's Twitter might be overvaluing uh, guys like uh, like Jordan Nawara. But, yeah, to be fair, I also saw people saying, Bucks fans, probably not a good idea to trade for guys such as Russell Westbrook, uh, Julius Randle, or Ben Simmons. But I think uh, it's clear that the rest of the league is uh, thinking that, along with everyone and their mother. Um, either way, (laughs) I'll close on the last game of this week, the game that held me up a bit in my planning, and also a game that for a moment, uh, I could have gone to, but you know, having to take in consideration the possibility of recording this show and, uh, you know, other outside forces, let's say. Uh, I chose not to attend this one, and I'd call that a win for myself as the Nuggets destroyed the Bucks uh, by 36 points at five-serve form behind 23 uh, three pointers made. The final score was 100 to 36. I'll say the best part of this one was probably uh, one of the few times of this year I have a 30 point rule where if the Bucks are ever down by 30, I'm turning the bullshit off. And uh, with it being a Sunday evening, I got to tune into the newest episode of Euphoria uh, earlier than I had bargained for. Um, crazy episode, actually recommend you check it out uh <laughs> in any event the bucks had the same starters and the nuggets starters were uh monty morris will barton jeff green aaron gordon and uh nikola Jokic. uh friendly reminder that um in a perfect world, the Nuggets would also have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., so they're missing their second and third options, uh, but that didn't matter in the slightest. Uh, game started with Grayson Allen knocking down two threes early and Nikola Jokic uh, grabbing three steals in uh, five minutes, but Giannis would intercept a pass from Jokic and dunk on Will Barton after uh, a questionable contest uh, from him. Again, Giannis already airborne and uh, a two-arm shove from Will Barton. Worth mentioning uh, related to a previous topic that I belabored, but you can read uh, in between the lines. Early on, I had a bit of optimism because even though Jokic alone had three steals in the first five minutes. I thought the Bucks did a pretty good job uh, disrupting passing lanes, even against Jokic, the best passing uh, big man of all time, and the rest of the Denver Nuggets. But Nuggets still led by three after one. Uh, 30-33, Grayson had eight points and two rebounds to lead the Bucks, and Monty Morris had eight points. Uh, for the Nuggets. Uh, Michael Green opened up the second quarter uh, by putting Giannis uh, on a poster, but uh, Mike Boonholzer was able to successfully challenge a uh, charge call against Giannis. Uh, That was... um, I mean, I forget if they... 
forget if they called it a block or not. I don't know if they're if they're necessarily, uh, you know, forced to make a call, um, a foul one way or the other, or if they can just say that it wasn't a foul and, and jump it up after the fact. But uh, you know, usually in these situations when it's still early in, in the second quarter. Uh, might pause and ask why Bud was using his challenge so early, but uh, I didn't actually have the tally on Giannis's fouls at that moment, and that's still probably the best use of a challenge you could have in the entire league is uh, saving a guy like Giannis, who's as important as he is, but also extremely foul-prone. Um, you know, giving him one one extra foul call, let's say, a game. Um, Drew it also uh, come in clutch and keep it close in the second quarter as he was uh, as he was leading the Bucks without uh, Giannis and Chris on the court, as usual, scoring ten of his first twelve points in the second. However, the Nuggets still led. 57 to 65 at half. Giannis with 22 points and three rebounds to Aaron Gordon's 13 points and five rebounds. Bobby, Wes, and Drew were checking Jokic uh, for most of the game with Giannis playing his free safety role, helping uh, helping on the baseline for most of the game. Um, but uh, later on, Giannis would finally be the one to check Jokic and uh this might sound like I'm suggesting something, but uh, I'm not, even though Giannis guarding Jokic uh, led to five straight Jokic points, even though uh, he was made more of a passer this game. And uh, then Giannis left, and the Bucks were able to score uh, five straight points after uh, going with a... With a you know, with more of a five-out approach, which was, you know, a nice wrinkle for where we were at uh, in the game. They also went to a 2-3 zone after that, but even before, uh, you know, even earlier in the third quarter before Giannis had left, uh, the Nuggets had made uh, six of their first nine Three-point attempts in the third to the Bucks only making three of their uh, nine three-point uh, attempts at that point in the third quarter. So Bucks weren't exactly mounting a comeback, and in fact, it was the opposite as their deficit had grown to 22 points going into the fourth quarter, 81 to 103 after three quarters. Uh Giannis with 24 points and six rebounds to Aaron Gordon's 24 points and seven rebounds uh, on paper, outplaying the freak uh, in that moment and outscoring him in the third quarter, 11 to two. But yeah, uh, didn't get any better, of course, unless you get after it early. Uh, the game's pretty much over at that point. Uh, That was helped by uh, Austin Rivers and uh, Jamichael Green, uh, each hitting contested corner threes to open up the fourth quarter. Uh, Giannis was uh, was uh, getting uh, even more aggressive on offense, trying to claw back into the game, uh, as uh, we've come to expect from him, but still a little too late, and... Uh, Perhaps the biggest in indicator that it was time to throw in the towel was uh, Bryn Forbes scoring nine straight uh, Nuggets points until um, Bud called the timeout, and it was uh, time for Roddy Hood, Sandro Memo Kalashvili, uh, Semi Ojale, and Lindell Wigginton. Uh, Wigginton, actually, <laughs> for, uh, you know, I had, I had watched the game. It wasn't quite a 30 ball until... Um, there was only a few minutes left in in this one uh, before I got to watch my show. But uh, Wigington did score, I know, seven points uh, 
late in this one in short short order. So shout out to Wigington, our two-way guy. And uh yeah, second only the second Nova Scotian to play in the NBA, as I had brought up last time. I'm it's probably the most random fact that I'll remember for the rest of my life, but uh Yeah, in case we want to, I know no one's asking for it, but for uh, some stats to uh, <laughs> um, cover how uh, terrible this one was, uh, the Nuggets shot 60.2% from the field to the Bucks 47.4. Definitely respectable, um, but the other team short shoots uh, 13% better than you from the field. That's usually a pretty good indicator. Also, uh, nearly having nearly twice as many turnovers as the Nuggets, uh, 15 for the Bucks. only, well, I don't know if all, only is appropriate, but eight turnovers for the Nuggets. Uh, Bucks were all, bleh, I cannot talk. Uh, the Bucks and Nuggets also ended up tied in the points of the paint battle. I know uh, obviously that's the calling card for Bucks for the Bucks and any team that uh, has Giannis. Uh, early on, I know the Bucks had an 18 to six uh, point in the paint advantage, and uh, and uh, yeah, the broadcast had just advertised that as uh, teams just. Uh, respectably having two uh, different approaches, but uh, yeah, clearly uh, the Bucks uh, still had a problem in that respect, uh, but uh, Perhaps to not end on a sour note, if my notes are correct, which I'm questioning, the Bucks still held a uh, 15 to 5 fast break point advantage. But uh, admittedly, I'd like to double check that one, as seemingly nothing went our way in this one. Uh, I know um, the Athletics' Eric Name uh, wrote a recap article about this game, and uh, although I. It's hard for me to <laughs> find time, uh, find enough time away from my nine to five to read the whole thing uh, from just the title of this one. Uh, Eric indicated that Giannis and uh, Drew, I believe, were the two bucks. There were at least two bucks who uh, openly said they disagreed with Bud's approach to double Jokic and have the rest of the Nuggets uh, beat them, which, I don't know, you can see it both ways because Nikola Jokic is the reigning MVP, um, so he's definitely capable of of uh, putting the team on his back uh, scoring-wise, but you know, in hindsight, he is the greatest passing big man of all time, and there's no debate there. So, uh, you know, he's he's uh, not someone who's going to be bothered uh, the most uh, by double teams. In fact, he uh, sees a, sees it a lot and probably welcomes it. So, uh, yeah, that was something that a lot of people. Had pointed to, but every dog has their day. And looking ahead to hopefully brighter days, uh, tomorrow the Bucks play the Wizards at five serve at 6 30. Uh, I'm actually going to go to this one. I thought that uh, yesterday's game might be a bad omen. Turned out I was right. Um, and uh, yeah, tomorrow I'll get to, uh, again, through a friend's aunt, be able to visit. Uh, uh, sweet with an all-you-can-drink, all-you-can 
uh, all-you-can-eat buffet, so I'm definitely going to max. And uh, as I had noted before, uh, the Bucks um, have played more, more games than most, if not all, teams in the Eastern Conference, so that uh, probably has something to do with uh, the amount of days in between games that we're seeing. So um, according to what I jotted down here, the Bucks after tomorrow won't play again until they're back-to-back that they have uh, on Saturday and Sunday facing Portland uh, at 9 o'clock and the Clippers at 9 o'clock as well. They must be going on a bit of a Western Conference road trip, so... I'll never tell the reigning NBA champions or fans of theirs to worry, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that one goes. And with that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.